0: Fading Memories in the How Did You Hear About Podgo? section of the application. At the same time we're looking for a cure for Alzheimer's, are we ignoring a potential natural ally? At the very least, could CBD be a preventative treatment? According to researchers at California's Salk Institute, their 2017 study has found evidence that cannabinoids, such as CBD, could help remove dementia from brain cells in the hope that we can avoid developing the disease or at the very least reducing its effects, are we missing out? Why are we afraid to investigate this option? There are uses for CBD for many people. CBD does not have the THC, which causes the high of which we're familiar in one way or another. This episode is a conversation on the uses of CBD, and we also touch on the politics of legalization, which I hope you'll find interesting and informative. This episode is brought to you by Caregiver Chronicles, an eight-week online course from diagnosis through hospice. For more information, use the link in the show notes. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those caring for a loved one with memory loss. Before we get in the show, I thought I'd give you some details on some of the courses that you will receive with Caregiver Chronicles. It starts from the very beginning with the diagnosis, but you will also get courses on a healthy lifestyle, navigating medical professionals, understanding medication, legal matters, insurance, dealing with durable medical equipment, when a caregiver is needed, finding one, placement, family dynamics and challenges and conflict, home health, hospice and planning for your loved one's transition. There are three options available. I know from personal experience that the more you know about handling this disease, the better the outcome will be for everyone. So I urge you to check them out and let them know that you learned about them from Fading Memories Podcast. With me today is Richard Cohen. He has been an advocate for legalized marijuana for most of my life. He wants to educate his generation to the many and amazing benefits of hemp-based medicine. He's teamed up with Dr. Igor Bussel. I hope I got that right, to give seniors valuable information from a medical professional and a lifelong hemp, excuse me, and marijuana activist. Together they have CBD Seniors and Blue Ribbon Hemp. So thank you for joining me, Richard.
1: My pleasure.
0: Thank you. So before, before we discuss how CBD can help with Alzheimer's, let's talk about everyday life issues. That can also affect our brains, specifically like weight gain and an insomnia. So, actually, I should back up and let you t- introduce yourself a little bit more. Apparently, my brain's not working today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I just have just the cure. Uh, Good. you know, <laughs> Well, uh, first off, I always you know, emphasize the beginning. I, you know, I'm not a doctor. I just play one well on the internet, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, And seriously, now, folks, my point is not, I've been involved in marijuana reform movement and then found out about medical marijuana and so on, but I have never, you know, prescribed, you know, suggested anybody use uh, cannabis for a medical purpose because I'm not, you know, a a doctor. i am not, you know, uh, that is, my degree is in economics. uh, And my, which is if, well, I, it well would make you need marijuana anyway uh, <laughs> but I I my point has always been uh, about freedom that people should be free and this was the, the thing that really was so frustrating until just very recently is that and you still encounter it the, the, the prohibitionist party line is sort of no medicine is smoked uh, you know it's basically oh of course I'm not opposed to medical cannabis as long as it's been developed by the pharmaceutical industry and approved by the FDA and you know and then you uh, well uh, you know thank you but and then of course oh we don't need it anymore well excuse me does that mean you're admitting that we used to need it and you are arresting sick people so th- this is you know my approach to this thing has always been you know that you know, number one, freedom. And then, in terms of, you know, when looked at the CBD business and how it was shaping up, uh, I just turned 80. And I have, uh, you know, this may be a plug uh, for marijuana in the sense that I am 80. I do not take any prescription drugs. Uh, I have uh, been uh using cannabis on a basically daily basis for the last 50 some odd years uh and so everybody will have to you know judge for themselves uh for how it's affected me but the fact is is that i you know i'm on the other hand you know i'm very fortunate in terms of genetics uh, there are a lot of things that are illnesses that are genetic apparently including Alzheimer's if I you know, understand it. Uh, but the fact is that, you know, the, the stress, the problems that everybody faces as, as, as we get older and it may be at 60 or 70 or 80 or 90. I mean, there's, you know, there are people that, uh, you know, are still going strong, uh, you know, in their nineties and that is uh like mel brooks uh who is you know just still as funny as ever and just as sharp as ever uh but you know you don't you you know it's also i always say you were all subject to cancellation without notice so you know we we this, this is something that whether or not you know people have are having a deal with the extreme stress of of alzheimer's that as as we age uh different things are uh going wrong with our bodies and in that regard uh, cannabis seems to be you know something that in the old days we would have called a tonic uh, uh i called it gin but <laughs> you know the the idea is does it you know uh help you know just in terms of everyday life and unlike uh THC, whole cannabis, uh, there is there are no uh, uh, there's no high out uh, in involved in, in using CBD, and uh, you know as I say I've you know, I've been getting high for fifty some odd years so, you know the joke, you know it it worked for me but uh, I you know again uh, I know people that that simply do not enjoy that. Uh, I know a lot more people who are frightened by the idea or may have religious objections to it or, or whatever, but you know, that's, that's one thing, but you know, the fact is, is that, that, that there are people that just find the THC high, very uncomfortable. And so, uh, you know, and I think uh, that ironically, uh, CBD really helps with that. Uh, <laughs> that's and, funny. Well, it really, I mean, it really is, you know, I, uh th- there have been some recent studies about you know people who have problems uh, some people you know the idea i think this is something that's probably worth dealing with here is the idea of people is marijuana addictive well yes everything is addictive in the sense that uh you know if you you know I, different things that you like to do of course you know gambling uh is highly addictive there is is one of the most destructive addictions uh, of any so uh, because there's a limit to how much cocaine you can put up your nose but there is no limit to the amount of money that the casinos will happily take uh you know, they'll you know until you're out on money they'll take it uh but you know this is there is you know this isn't something where you're taking something uh this is an action that you're that has become a fixation but it is as addictive as uh uh, or more so than than many drugs and you know addiction from alcohol uh, which may be my favorite drug uh can be fatal Uh, that uh, dts you people can have actually go in and and have seizures and die uh the barbiturates are highly addictive and you know, if they will, in fact, if you go into DTs, the hospital, though, they will give you barbiturates to stop, uh, stop the convulsions to keep you from dying. Uh, and so the, you know, the, the point is, is that what, you know, in terms of, do people, do some people have problems with, you know, with cannabis use? Yeah. Uh, but people have problems with almost everything. And you know, th- that's yeah, whatever, you know, people say, oh, that couldn't happen. I say, if there are people involved, it can happen. That's I mean, true. People, yeah. uh, but the general idea, though, of, of dealing with stress, which is uh, both for the uh, families of people with Alzheimer's and with the patients themselves. And uh, this is uh, the, so they, they are being two entirely different sets of facts. That you you have the patient who's you know in the grips of a terrible degenerative disease, and then you have the families and friends who try to take care of it. the. Uh, one of the things that I have recently learned about uh, that, uh, and I've had two fascinating stories about, is uh, cannabis. Uh, not cannabis. Excuse me, music and Alzheimer's. <laughs> that uh, talking to a friend the other day that had a a. a a family with alzheimer's very severe curled up in a ball and so they get him to uh you know stand you know basically pick him up just hold on to him and then put him in front of the piano and put his hands on the keys and then it comes back to him. apparently it's a different part of the brain or whatever it comes back to it and he starts playing the piano perfectly And then, after he has finished playing the piano, he gets up and walks by himself back to where he was sitting. And uh, I've, uh, you know, over the years, I've heard about music therapy, and I had a a friend's daughter actually had a degree in it, and I heard some amazing stories. But, you know, the idea that somebody is so locked up with Alzheimer's that suddenly, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, come out of it at least a little bit, uh, uh, just through the power of music, and you know, I, I think that that one of the things that we're going to be seeing a lot more of in the the era ahead is an emphasis on music for healing, because right now we need a lot of healing. I mean, oh, yeah. America and the world is in a world of hurt, and the uh, and which, you know, it's, it's difficult enough. I mean, I'm so blessed that for me, uh, you know, this has been a major inconvenience and I resent it terribly, but the fact is, is that, you know, aside from the fact, it's killing a lot of people, uh, the, the pandemic itself, the lockdown and the loss of businesses and the isolation, uh, is for many people, uh, just a, a huge burden in many ways and if these people are then trying to deal with you know uh, severely you know dementia uh related issues with a family or loved one that you know it's i cannot imagine uh, that on top of everything else and of course the patients or the the people with alzheimer's if, if if they are in later stages but still aware they pick up on the vibes the negative you know the, the stress and everything around them uh, and so i think that the uh there is going to be a major role for uh the use of cannabis in the general context uh and particularly of cbd in the general context of dealing with stress and the, the to, you know, and this, as I say, I cannot imagine anything more stressful than trying to care for a loved one with, with you know advanced Alzheimer's. I, I, uh, you know, there, there hasn't been any of it in my family, but you know, you, you, you know, as people, as, as you know, as my, my father got older, you know, he, uh, <laughs> my father lived to be eight he was a hundred pounds overweight. Folks smoked four packs of cigarettes a day and could polish off a bottle of gin and get up the next morning and be. <laughs> uh, uh, the, uh, but he lived to be eighty-one and uh, basically was in good health till about the year before he died. Uh, uh, Some
0: robust you know, genetics. Said, you have
1: marijuana. Uh, you have marijuana, and I have martinis. So
0: <laughs> Well I like &m's <laughs> yeah. you were saying you know <laughs> people too,
1: too.
0: people are concerned that you know marijuana is addictive and it's like I think like you said everything is kind of addictive because I know most evenings sitting down watching TV reading a book whatever relaxing and my brain goes hmm, must be time for something sweet and it's like yeah uh, no we don't we should have had that hours ago so we could burn it off but I always give in or almost always give in because, you know, well, I like chocolate. So what the heck? (laughs)
1: Well, I, I, uh, (laughs) I will not recommend my brownie recipe. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, okay. Now I am in an agricultural, you know, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what the difference between suburbs and exurbs is, but I am on the far fringe of the San Francisco Bay area is up until the late eight, 1989, this town got its first stoplight. So, what does that <laughs> tell you? And so, we're a small city of 65,000 people. I had heard that pot brownies didn't taste so great, especially if you were a chocolate fanatic like myself. And I won't mention any names, but one of our local farmers said, well, you've never tried my version. And I was like, Oh my, <laughs> you know, like you get, once you mention it, everybody comes out of the woodwork, which is really interesting, but you know,
1: well, the, the actually one of the things that's, I think very important in terms of particularly uh, a minor political point here is the difference between legalization and decrim uh, that. With legalization, you have properly labeled uh, things so that you know what you're getting. Uh, the problem with brownies in uh, in the good old days was that you just didn't know your dosage. And uh, I remember going with a couple of friends. This would have been uh, the um, uh, circa 1970. Or uh, it was when the movie 2001 uh, first uh, came out, and this was one of those movies where the, uh, the, you know, you have to see that stone. Oh, so okay. <laughs> it's a long movie, and so uh, we we smoke a doobie and then have a brownie and then go in for the movie. The <laughs> idea is about the time the doobie wore off, the brownies would kick in. And that happened, except that we got the munchies and ate the rest of the brownies (laughs) and had to go back and see the movie again. (laughs) It was that was was it it was better the first time, but more memorable the second time.
0: That was one Uh, thing I was gonna ask you. Is I know like my mom at the let's see, about the last six months of her life, maybe even a little bit less was having a lot of trouble eating. And I know a one problem that people in advanced Alzheimer's have is, you know, they see the food, but their brain doesn't register it as food. Yep. And I'm wondering if actual marijuana, since it gives you the munchies, if you think, and this is just your personal opinion, not a medical opinion, if you think that might help them to want to eat.
1: It... Well, I honestly don't know. Uh, I I think that uh, one of the things again is that yes, it will. You know, we know uh, from uh, observation that, uh, for example, that people and this one of the things that ultimately led to the recognition of the medical properties of, of cannabis was the AIDS epidemic, particularly in San Francisco, and. One of the things that uh, you know, people uh, who are sick, regardless of what it is, may have a loss of appetite. And of course, on top of that, if you're nauseous, a or little or a lot, then again, uh, this uh, cannabis we know helps with that. And one of the Really heartbreaking stories from the early days of the AIDS uh, epidemic was that it was recognized in the gay community that there was uh, the people who were uh, dying. Of course, in those in the early days of the AIDS uh, epidemic, that it killed a lot faster uh, than it did, which is fairly typical of, and hopefully will be true of of COVID as well. But uh, the it it was you know they look around it's it's obvious that the people who are dying the fastest were people who have been living in the fast lane uh that you know sex sex, drugs and rock and roll with or without the rock and roll and so uh that uh the there were groups of, of patients that uh people with aids who were uh really trying to figure out anything, you know, because nobody just did like COVID didn't make any sense. And so uh, they, but they really, one of the groups called ACT UP, and they were acting up because nobody was taking it seriously. You know, we're dying and you're not paying, you know, taking it seriously. This is particularly a problem during uh, Reagan's first term. But the idea was that, uh, you know, sort of like a, a, that we're going to swear off all drugs and that was a really good thing except that they also were swearing off of marijuana and so the group uh basically split in two those that were continued to use marijuana for medical purposes and um it's still hard for me to to relate this guy's explanation he says we won the argument because the other side all died. Mm. That uh, the the, the life expectancy of people with full-blown AIDS before any really effective treatment, it was really obvious that cannabis, you know, improved the quality of life. And one of the main reasons was that again, they were, there was a wasting disease that was basically because they couldn't eat
0: yeah and so
1: and so the you know everybody i mean the munchies are a big joke unless you have you know something that has destroyed your appetite and and your nauseous all the time and then it is uh, you know and this so you know to the the things that cannabis might do uh to help you know the patient with aids who you say may not even recognize the food at that point is that if they're less stressed and, and, and they get a, uh, you know, if you, they aren't going to tell you they're nauseous, they're not going to tell you, they, they cannot tell you that, you know, right now they're not hungry or I'm hungry, but if they have, you know, if that is the problem, then uh, whole cannabis in terms of, of, with the THC cause it's THC that gives you the munchies. Uh, uh, uh but, uh, that's, Uh, you know, it's it's definitely something that I think would be, you know, worth exploring. Uh, But back to but really, really important thing is that with, you know, legal cannabis, you can go to a dispensary and you can get 10 milligram squares of chocolate. Tastes really good. <laughs> being wicked here. <laughs> Tom, yeah, and I haven't had lunch, but...
0: so you're really giving me this. <laughs> I'm being
1: mean. <laughs> I'm being mean. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, but, you know, again, going back to the other aspect of it is, is in terms of the stress on the family, the caregivers, uh, that dealing with people with really severe problems. uh, And it's, you know, the the emotional strain of not having your mother recognize you, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, And then, you know, being frightened of you and this sort of thing. Uh, So it's, that, in terms of just general, something to look into would be it. Well, you know, CBD uh, really, does not seem to have any really significant side effects uh one of the things i want to emphasize about that is that the, the way to you know, i think that everybody would be you know particularly if you're dealing with uh you know the family and and the patients with alzheimer's is you know start off with uh, a, a few drop you know, a, a dropper uh and uh then wait and see uh if you know, if there's any discernible effect if not you know go for you know two next time and this sort of thing and you know edge because again there is no lethal dose uh that you know pe- people can get too stoned at the wrong time and do all, all kinds of of really uh, uh dumb things you know, including you know accidents and so on but there has never been a, a fatal overdose of cannabis And that's more than you can say for aspirin and uh, acetaminophen and any number of over-the-counter drugs, some of which, by the way, have really bad effects on uh, cognitive function as 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 people get older. And uh, you know, just in terms of over-the-counter drugs, not talking about prescription drugs, just over-the-counter drugs uh, that can have uh, psychoactive effects or something like that. That you know. By the way, I was amused to see this morning's news. Tylenol, acetaminophen is associated with risk-taking behavior. What? <laughs> uh, well, I'd have enough risk-taking behavior. <laughs> like, I, I
0: take Tylenol because I have a headache or some other pain.
1: Do you I, want to go out this? and get wild after you take your
0: No. You? <laughs> <laughs> I'm How thinking boring. if, <laughs> Well, I'm not pleasant when I have a really bad headache. So I guess you could be, I think that's the opposite. I don't know who's saying that, but that's that's nuts.
1: Well, I, I, you know, uh, it's the latest research. So it must be true. This is yeah, right. the tar- that, which is actually another uh, peeve, to put it in my mind, is that over the decades that I've been involved with the cannabis reform movement it was always well the latest research shows uh, you know that if you give enough of it to mice you know mice drop out of school you know i mean there's just you know, uh, but it, it's if you or then you read the fine print that the national institute of drug abuse provided the funding and then if you read the conclusion is you know that this particular problem is associated with marijuana use but we need to do more research so send another check Yeah. And this sounds very cynical and partisan and so on, but I really think that basically the National Institute of Drug Abuse was buying press releases that they, the well, an example going back to San Francisco and AIDS, um, Dr. Donald Abrams, who uh, was at San Francisco General for many years and may still be still active, um, for several years tried to get a, a, a grant and approval to do uh, research to see if marijuana, medical marijuana would help uh, AIDS patients. Every year they, they would say no. So we suggested that he submit his, uh, proposal. We'll see if it hurts AIDS patients. Checks in the mail right there. We'll get you the marijuana and so on. So, uh, he gets this grant, and and by the way, the federal government controls the supply of marijuana. You, 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 any other drug you want to do research on, you get the funding, you can get the approval, but they don't. Uh, you, you can get the the drug in question wherever, but if you're going to do it, with marijuana, you have to get it from the uh, uh, the DEA and IDA. Uh, but anyway, from
0: Kentucky, he, right?
1: Hmm?
0: The marijuana comes from Kentucky.
1: Uh, Louisiana.
0: Louisiana.
1: Uh, but uh, the, the, uh, it probably tastes better. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, so he got the approval and he got I think it was thirty patients. Put them in a hospital for, uh, and half you know double blind, so half of them were given a placebo and half of them were given cannabis. And uh, the, uh, they were you know locked up for thirty days so that you know they could do a re, you know real test. In the thirty days. Uh, the results were disastrous. It turns out that not only did marijuana not harm people with AIDS, they actually felt better, and, and most alarming of all, there was even a drop in their viral count. Now,
0: I had never that, heard
1: that. That it wasn't a big thing because again, they were only doing for 30 days, and it was not. But that wasn't it. But they actually did have a drop in the viral rate. So. He never got another grant. <laughs> uh, uh, you know this is, this is, you know, and it is in fact the law, which they may be finally about to amend, that the basically, as I say, gave the government a total monopoly on the, uh, the access to cannabis for medical research, and the law actually uh, prohibits the federal government from doing anything that might encourage legalization of any illegal drug, including cannabis. So the, you, know, the out, you may do all the research that you want to as long as you promise to come up with the results that uh, make prohibition work. And uh, you know, there's, um, you know, even at my age, I'm not cynical yet. <laughs> because basically, because we're winning. You know, I mean, uh, the, the truth will make us free and it, it but it is really uh you know even to this day uh it is very frustrating to see you know the government still trying to block uh legalization cannabis blocking medical research and uh and of course all of it come accompanied by let's talk about freedom and wave a flag uh you know and, and you know you ain't gonna make me wear a mask it's a free country i am not go you know. I don't have to wear shoes, shoes and shirts to get service. <laughs> uh, hypocrisy
0: and, is a, uh, it's a vast, there's a vast quantity of hypocrisy available these days. I don't know if I'm just more aware of it or if there's more of it or both, but yeah, I'm with you, you know, cause well, I, I'm in California. I have got
1: in the old South. So I believe me, I know about hypocrisy. <laughs>
0: Well, I think it's interesting. Some of my
1: best friends are hypocrites. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I think we all are a little bit. So let me let me ask you a question. Before we get sure. before we have a two-hour conversation and I'm, like, chewing on my arm because, like I said, I haven't <laughs> had lunch. Um, now, CBD does not have the THC in it, correct?
1: Uh, THC and CBD are two entirely different cannabinoids. Both of them uh, occur in various degrees in... Uh, the, uh, hemp that is, that doesn't meet the, U. Well, actually there's small traces of THC in legal hemp in the United States, but, uh, that they, there are something like 80 different cannabinoids and they, uh, it was, uh, THC really wasn't discovered until the sixties and uh, and it was not discovered by a hippie. Uh, it was actually discovered by a scientist in um, in Israel, who is, by the way, still uh, still at it. Um, but uh, he uh, uh, and others they begin to determine, you know, you know what's in this thing. And uh, so now they, actually say, there may be eighty different cannabinoids, but uh, CBD again uh the government's known about cbd since the 70s uh and, uh but it was not available in, you know in in sufficient quantities and, and of course the fact that it was associated with marijuana uh it came from the evil plant uh that you know you uh, that they blocked access to that too but you know there's a cbd a, a cbg a cbn and so on and uh the these cannabinoids in there are the uh, terpenes that uh, seem that there's a huge debate over this, but ter- it now seems that terpenes actually have some sort of, of medical value, uh, and so basically c- cannabinoid medicine is going to be, if the government will just get out of the way, uh, is you know is going to be a is or in fact, it really already is a major area for research going forward, and you know, it really, I mean, but the government uh, is still doing everything they can, even, you know, in terms of threatening CBD. Uh, Mark Meadows, uh, the uh, Trump's chief of staff, uh, when he was in Congress, opposed, you know, even CBD. He is a prohibitionist. Uh, and uh, the this is Uh, something that, you know, again, we're going to see a debate on this in the next uh, day, a few days in the Congress to see, but, you know, the, unfortunately, the Trump administration has basically uh, been staffed with prohibitionists. And they don't, of course, it began, I mean, Jeff Sessions, who was his first choice for uh, attorney general, uh, it was a rabid prohibitionist. And, uh, and and so you and of course, uh, unfortunately, it, the new Attorney General Barr is also, and he is uh, you know is threatening California, uh, uh, even legal operators in California, and he wanted to do an antitrust case against some of the bigger uh, CBD companies, uh, and you know at the very beginning, I mean, most of these companies, their stocks fall by eighty or ninety percent. So if they have some sort of monopoly they are not doing it very well <laughs> it's uh but yeah anyway the point being is is that the government is still blocking access to cannabinoid medicine and it's just nuts uh, so uh, but in the in the case of cbd and, there, and there's still i can't remember which states but there's still a few states where you can't even get cbd and uh not
0: this one <laughs> no <laughs>
1: Well, that's one of the great things about California. If you got the money, honey. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it's it's. By the way, it's going to be really. I'm back home in Texas right now, and the legislature is going to go into this session uh, right after the, the first of the year, maybe. Uh, and uh, Texas, uh, by that point, Mexico, where by the way CBD is legal, uh, Mexico is going to completely legalize cannabis, and medical and recreational. And so with uh, Texas at that point will be surrounded by states that have you know, either medical or, or legal uh, marijuana. And uh, it, so Texas will be a huge market for the new and improved Mexican marijuana. <laughs> Everything <laughs> old is new again.
0: That uh, is so funny. So a quick yeah. question and then I'm gonna turn us back towards Alzheimer's. Sure what's the point of all this prohibition i mean my husband used to smoke very big beer and wine drinker won't even touch my little mints that are five milligrams of thc each so they're i'm not even sure they're a glass of wine for somebody like him i got them to stay calm and kind of in mom's reality while i was visiting with her and i wanted a lowest dose because sometimes we drove places and I didn't want to be driving impaired. So I was trying to be, trying to be a responsible person. He will not even consider the, the adult uh, marshmallows for adult s'mores or my mints, but 12 pack of beer every day is okay. Like, I don't understand. It's like, to me, it's the same drinking beer, pot, I don't see a huge difference so what's with this what's all with the prohibition is it just our crazy puritan culture from way back in the 1600s or i'm not a good no i think it's,
1: it's more like the 60s uh america had it, it there was a huge uh social division in the 60s uh you know the uh, growing up uh, i uh you know in the 50s uh and Everything, I mean, there's some wonderful pictures like Willie Nelson wearing a coat and tie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I make
0: it a like shocked face because I <laughs> cannot picture that,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Or you know, the beat poets in Greenwich Village we were all coat wearing coats and ties, uh, and uh, it was simply the way things were done. And uh, but the social division and the political divisions in the 60s caused marijuana to be associated with uh, hippies uh, and so general nonconformity. Uh, and of course, op, uh, uh, generally speaking, even though the Democrats didn't want anything to do with them, the hippies liked Democrats. Uh, uh, you know, Diane Feinstein, who had just turned 90, uh, finally, came, uh, uh, I mean, one of the most left-wing members of the United States Senate, she finally came out against marijuana prohibition she's former mayor of San Francisco-hmm so uh, you know uh, if uh, but you know I the idea of uh, you know I've had people who like you know really like to drink and you know I suggest you know, oh no I have enough trouble with this drug <laughs> and so I think that and that is uh, you know you know, if the you know well I don't want to be a hypocrite I uh, I love alcohol. In fact, wine may be my favorite drug. Uh, but uh, it is one thing, of course, as I get older, it takes less of wine to, to, uh, for my occasional infirmities. Um, but I, I just I think that it really is It's a combination of social factors. And then again, somebody who does use a lot of alcohol thinks, well, I don't need anything else. But uh, on the other hand, uh, at some point or other, it, uh, the damage from the alcohol may necessitate medical cannabis. And I'm not wishing that on anybody. Uh, and believe me, it ain't either or. That's <laughs>
0: funny. Well, my whole attitude is once they figure out they can tax it and make money, they'll, they'll flip the switch.
1: Is well, it my unfortunately, s- they, are, they have this idea that it's going to be a cash cow for them. Which uh, then means they want to tax it so that legal weed is not competitive with the black market, and that has been a big problem in California, but in really most of the other states, is the black market continues. Now we don't the the really the most important thing about getting rid of the black market or making it reducing it is that in the Netherlands you have been able to go into coffee shops like since the nineteen mid 70s uh and by cannabis in the early days it was all hashish uh now it is uh, mostly uh dutch spanish eastern european wheat weed uh, and one thing that you will never ever find in a coffee shop is hard drugs the uh the they, the dutch call it separation of the markets so that when you go to the a black market marijuana seller, he may or may not. I mean, most most of them that I've known there would not have had cocaine. But if, you know, if, if, as you move into uh, more unstable areas, shall we say they are most likely to have you know poly drugs, and so you know heroin, cocaine, meth, whatever. And uh, even at, at the wholesale level, back. Uh, uh, decades ago, when the uh, Colombians had one point become a major source of marijuana, particularly if you remember Miami Vice, uh, that was uh, uh, about Don Johnson. And ironically, Cheech <laughs> Marin. <Cheech Baron>, yep. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the uh, the reason that Miami uh, Miami had become a major source of Colombian weed. Uh, Northern Colombia produces some really great weed. Mexico had been poisoned by Paraquat and uh, uh, and the Mexican weed was really bad. So the Colombians get into the business. Um, uh, Some point uh, in the early 80s, about the time that George uh, Herbert Walker Bush became president, uh, that the boats coming up from Colombia suddenly you wanted marijuana, you had to buy cocaine. They basically forced cocaine into the distribution system for marijuana for Colombia. That is uh, the way black markets work. So uh, the, the, this is, is why uh, legalization is important, why it is also important to minimize the black market so that you don't have uh, you know poly drug sellers on the street you know what you do about the hard drugs after that that's a separate topic yeah but you do but you want to separate the markets
0: okay well since i'm in california and i believe you can get a lot of this on the internet i don't know i'm sure it's, every state has its own laws and i don't even know about my listeners that are in canada and the uk and i do have some in mexico so i guess they know what what's coming down the line for them one of the issues there's several issues with alzheimers that are pretty common thankfully not everybody has to deal with aggression and that is that was the problem i was trying to solve with my mom one of it i was trying to get her neurologist to take her off of the alzheimers medications cuz from what i'd learned and she was the neurologist was trying to tell me differently so i'm not sure if she was steering me in the direction she wanted to go or if if the jury is still out on this. But they, from what I've learned, some of the Alzheimer's, like the cognitive enhancing medications after about five years do not help and can make you aggressive. She was getting, let's see, she'd been on, um, I gotta do math, like eight years. And I, I think her aggression was just from the disease and it's and it's essentially what killed her she jerked away from the caregiver that was there was two of them helping her shower reached for her clothes slipped landed on her knee and broke her leg and two and a half weeks later was gone so my sister and i independently tried to figure out how to use cbd to calm the aggression to calm the anxiety the problem was getting her off the other drugs and then getting the professional staff to essentially medicate her with something that wasn't prescribed by a doctor. So that was my challenge. But what, what do you suggest maybe people who are caring for loved ones at home, or maybe even people that were in our situation, what we should consider trying? She was pretty mellow the day I gave her half of, this was half a pop brownie. I think it was a quarter of a pot brownie. That I got well, from my cycle club friend.
1: <laughs> one of the things to think about, for example, is that um, if you uh, just really make it simple, the police get called to bars all the time for violence, uh, and the and, and going back to the Dutch example, they never get called to a coffee shop. Uh, that uh, you know, it, um you know, there i was almost always a nice drunk uh you know that there are uh, and you hear i mean yeah yeah He's a really good guy but he's a nasty drunk and you hear uh but you know you you really never hear about anybody being a nasty stoner uh and it the fact is is that you know it is a mild sedative among other things what it is doing inside your body other than that of course, the fact that, and this is one of the things that suggests that CBD and uh, THC, whole cannabis, uh, it could be useful in the actual treatment of, uh, of Alzheimer's is, you know, the fact it is uh, an it, the drug is an anti-inflammatory. And so it does have uh, physical effects. It isn't just that uh, you're getting uh you're 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 getting high and and mellow uh and you know but you know mellow is good and particularly you know in that particular context and so and i think that one of the things for example you know you can whether it's tea or uh, a, a brownie sharing it with the uh the patient and you know the uh just and see what happens in terms. Of, of course, again, depending on how uh, far along they're they're going, if you know, if that's, if that's sharing, it that is a meaningful concept. But you know, just to to, but dealing with the stress that all of the people involved are feeling. Now, the big problem is that that despite uh, all of the progress that uh, we have made. Uh, in terms of getting, you know, some recognition from the medical establishment, for the most part, it is simply you know, see no weed, hear no weed, speak no weed. weed. Uh, they they you know, they are locked into this paradigm, and uh, it is very difficult. And I'm, and I'm very sympathetic with uh, the Alzheimer Society and the other uh, official disease groups that they have to deal with the medical establishment and the federal government and various, uh, you know, international groups and so on. And uh, it's really, they get down to the point of, uh, oh, of course you can talk about cannabis, but not here, you know, and that's, uh, and, you know, uh, the story about one of the the most disturbing conversations that I had when I was at Normal many years ago, well, first, I'll tell you one really quick one is that I got a call one day from a young man and he, I thought, I thought he was just, you know, really stoned. Uh, but, you know, he's speaking very slowly and so Well, it turns out he had serious mental issues. And so he had been really miserable. Uh, and uh, what, what the doctors were giving him. But, you know, so we were talking about things and the doctor wouldn't talk to him about marijuana. So, he's, so I, he's, you know, he's calling normal uh, to, you know, to get our, our unbiased opinion. Uh, but the thing that he said right at the end of the conversation that shook me, still does, I haven't tried to kill myself since I started using marijuana. Those are exact words. After we hung up, I cried. I walked, we were, office was just a couple blocks from the White House. Uh, the the staff generally knew what I was. I get up, walk out, walk across to the White House and glower.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can relate.
1: (laughs) I glowered menacingly uh, because the SOB in the White House said, yeah, I didn't inhale. Well, I knew better. I mean, I knew he was lying. I don't know how you can
0: smoke and not inhale. That takes talent. Well, how
1: can you, how can you be a president without lying? Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast.
1: <laughs> we leave that message to another time, but, uh, you know, it really, you know, the, the idea is that I uh, was saying about this, uh, I got a call one day again, uh, there early in the morning as I got there early, uh, and this woman whose father was, um, uh, basically, dying of cancer. It, it was very bad shape. But they, so they were doing chemo, and uh, he was vomiting so violently that uh, they were very concerned about it. And there are pharmaceutical antiemetics, but if you read the label, they don't work all the time. And sometimes uh, uh, they work the first few times and then stop working. And so this old guy was retching. His life away, and the nurse actually says the, uh, to the guy's daughter, "My father had the same problem, and we gave him marijuana, and he was okay." And so she asks the doctor, and he says, "I don't want to even talk about it," and walks and storms out of the room. And so she's calling me. She went. She she threw you know uh, some or other worked up enough courage to go get some weed someplace and she's calling me the National Director of Normal oh <laughs> uh, it was good Friday morning because uh, I, I will never forget that uh, and she is asking me well, I said what is you know kind of, she's well I just we just don't want to give him a le- you know don't want to kill him don't want to give him a lethal dose how much can we safely give him and uh, I said you know I told her there is no lethal dose and she was so relieved she also was so paranoid she wouldn't give me her first name (laughs) and uh she was calling me from a hospital that was within sight of uh, the place where the star spangled banner was written about the land of the free and the home of the brave and she's afraid to give me her name she wants to find out if a plant who's going to kill her father who's dying of cancer and she's afraid not you know, i mean and that as i say i remember that so well because one it was on good friday and she was calling from within sight of the where the star spangled banner was written
0: that is a neat story
1: yeah and you know this is again to me uh, I, uh I just, I believe in personal autonomy. I believe that, you know, uh, the, you know, that we, if if we don't own our own bodies, if we do not, if we, if we cannot, you know, have say over something of the sort of thing that we're talking about right now, uh, to help, you know, patients with Alzheimer's, help families uh, with, uh, you know, who are dealing with this. And, and, certainly don't need to tell you anything about that and but the the idea that you could be arrested for using a plant to help people is uh you know just unimaginable but i don't have to imagine it you know it's i've you know i i you know i I know i had two friends who were driven to suicide who did kill themselves Mm -hmm. because they were suffering so much and when they were going to be put in jail for using the one thing that was helping them, they killed themselves. That's not good. That, yeah. And so whenever you hear, well, we haven't done enough research on marijuana. We don't know. What you know and I always say, what kind of research have you done on arresting people? <laughs> what, what, That's what? true. And, yeah, and this is, you know, the idea is, well, you know, in order to, to recommend a, you know, a, a drug, we have to do research on it. Uh, so, well, have you done research on arresting people? And well, no, that's your policy, that's what you're doing, that's what you as a physician are advocating. Yeah, you know, you know, so with more research, sure, but stop arresting people until you know the until you've done your research on arrests.
0: Yeah, for We've arrested
1: 22 million <laughs> Americans for marijuana charges since Nixon was in office. 22 million. We'll arrest this year. We'll arrest 600,000 people on marijuana possession charges, and that's more Americans than will be arrested for all of the violent crimes put together. That's insane. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, I don't think. I mean, obviously, people that are on hard drugs. We're going off, we're we're veered into the political podcast today, which is, I like to listen to, but I don't generally produce. (laughs) Um, People like on the hard stuff, Coke and meth and heroin, I guess. I don't have any experience with any of those. So, you know, they're generally causing more problems than somebody that's doing marijuana.
1: That's... Portugal... Portugal has decriminalized possession of everything in small quantities, uh, and right. uh, the. But you know, uh, the alcohol and uh, alcohol and other hard drugs, uh, uh, you know, cause, you know, all kinds of social problems, and yet we don't arrest people for possession of alcohol, um, and. Uh, that the the idea is that these the people and particularly we the thing we're doing going through right now is that there had been a downtrend on opiate overdoses uh that is unfortunately is reversed and again that uh, i'm i'm that, that's, i think everybody it's obvious that this is related to COVID. this is simply the stress of mm-hmm. COVID is is you know the, the, these are the people who are i guess most vulnerable to stress and uh, uh but they uh you know, the overdoses uh, are something that these are these deaths are most of them are preventable uh, and uh, the idea if particularly you know in the old days of, of heroin distribution uh, often owned various countries including the uk uh, at various times tried you know treating a, a heroin addiction as a, uh, a medical condition and uh it is weird but heroin uh if you it, people once can actually stabilize the thing and it, you know they don't always come off of it it would be nice if they did but they are able to lead normal lives uh if they have uh, heroin maintenance it's called and if you uh vancouver is an incredibly lovely city and i was there for about five years it was a very strange thing is that uh, just blocks from some of the nicest areas and just within blocks of Chinatown you would see uh, uh, never see a Chinese uh, heroin addict uh, you would never see a Chinese addict never see a Chinese beggar on the streets Those you know, it uh, but one block over uh, Anglos and Native uh, Canadians uh, you would see the most horrible scenes of addiction you can imagine. and the thing about it was was how utterly chaotic their lives were because they could not plan around anything that you know, their whole life was about scoring and the, you know, that becomes the center of their life. And that is uh, you know is, yes, it's a function of addiction, but it is also a function of simply criminalizing, uh, what is really a, a terrible you know disorder and uh, of course again this is never a part of of the marijuana world uh, except when they end up in the same markets and your guy your pop dealer tries to sell your heroin um, but you know that's uh, but anyway
0: well, so <laughs> I, we've, believe, we've...
1: I keep getting political on
0: yeah that's okay Well, I hope it's okay. I do have a lot of California listeners, so hopefully
1: you haven't offended offended anybody.
0: (laughs) So we've talked a lot about using cannabis or CBD or you tell me which one or both to mitigate stress, to not, I don't want to say relieve it. Maybe that is the right word, but to manage our stress, which, you know, right now a lot of us could use. Yes um and you think the family member like the family caregiver taking care of somebody with alzheimers this is something they should partake in together or this should be the family caregiver doing more of the partaking
1: well first off uh you know as you explained i'm in the cbd business so uh yes that i would, in the sense that there are no really major side effects or anything like that uh, that uh, if you have if you're having issues try cbd in the sense and and you know start off with small doses and see uh and you know if if you keep on increasing the doses and your problems don't go away then uh stop wasting your money on cbd uh but uh the idea is that this is something where it is so low risk you know, that uh, this, uh, In the sense that uh, whole cannabis, you know, again, no amount of it is going to kill you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> one of the things that, you know, people who are, you know, unfamiliar with it, you know, they have too much and uh, panic uh, and, you know, they're extremely uncomfortable uh, and it is uncomfortable. I, I have a few times, I had a little more. Yeah. Are we talking about alcohol or alcohol? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But But, uh, no, the, 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 it really, you know, in terms of uh, the old commercial, try it, you'll like it. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, start small, with small doses, and and uh, and see, and then, uh, and the same would be true for both the caretaker and the patient. Now, uh, I, I'm, I will not... You know, make the same kind of just flat recommendations for whole cannabis. That uh, the that some people are uh, become extremely uncomfortable with. Uh, you know, just getting too stoned, and um, yeah, been there, done that too. So uh, you know, the fact is that you as as with THC, you know, start with small doses, the smallest dose, like your five milligram thing, and so on, and also the thing that to remember is whenever you're taking an edible uh, it may take an hour or so to uh kick in so don't do what i did in 2001 and eat all the brownies and see what happens.
0: <laughs> i've heard uh, those stories
1: yeah I, it, well, like, as i say the second time i saw it and remembered it. it was a really good movie um, <laughs> wonder how Hal's doing these days
0: (laughs) (laughs) what i did when i see i went to colorado a year ago ish and so i got to pick i went to um, mountain medicinals and i picked their brain i told them what what was going on with my mom and what was going on with me and because they understood that legally you're not allowed to take it on the airplane and somebody who will remain nameless at the moment told me not to worry about that in future, but I, I can, I can, I
1: nudge, way. nudge.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> um,
0: that was before my city has a moratorium against dispensaries, which is very frustrating because I keep telling them, you know, sales tax is a good thing. We would like sales tax, but it's okay. They're, we'll put bars on every corner and yes, nail places that, on that, every that'll corner. Solve
1: all our problems. Yeah. We'll get more tax revenue.
0: Uh maybe. I don't know. CBD's not cheap. But I can now go next town over and I I have um our best friend's son has gone to this particular dispensary so <laughs> I, I I don't need to pick brains, but it's it's helpful to you know talk to them. I mean they're oh, well, but, they're knowledgeable. But any, they're not any like any good
1: dispensary there will they they will be people knowledgeable there. Uh, they're called something. are usually called bud tenders, which I think is really cute. Uh, but uh, you know, the uh, they're not again, they're not doctors, but they they get a lot of feedback, and you know, a lot of this is you know is really fairly straightforward. Uh, that um, and of course, a lot of it is also sort of myth. The uh, nobody really thinks there's any difference between indica and sativa. Uh, Uh, yeah, it's really, uh, there's no scientific basis for that. Um, but, uh, just generally speaking, you know, it is, you definitely go about it the right way. You go to a dispensary and, uh, get, uh, uh, you know, talk to somebody who's knowledgeable. And again, buy in, uh, the smallest, uh, doses that you can, uh, because you can always take more uh i would generally speaking uh i would buy uh cbd uh separately from thc because if you get dispensaries have high overheads uh and uh so and also there's a a, you know more of a tax on uh on uh, thc so that if you buy if you buy them separately in the sense that first off uh you could probably get uh cbd cheaper online or at, uh or, at other, or just regular stores because they they take a less of a markup and uh but yeah you know, and then get your thc at a, a marijuana dispensary uh and then you can combine them or take them separately uh that uh Sometimes the uh, high THC stuff uh, will also have CBD in it, but again, that's the key thing about legalization is you get labels that tell you what you're getting, and they're pretty good about that. It, we have a testing company, and you know, occasionally we find uh, that they have too much THC in the CBD, or they have, you know, again, it's like quality control in any place else, their quality control fails, but for the most part, you know, you're it's, you're not getting anything dangerous, uh, that uh, you know, particularly not you know in, in any given dose. So I, I would, you know, I think that's probably the best way to do it. But you definitely did the right thing going to the dispensary for and getting advice.
0: Well, yeah, and it's it was like I said, I'm not, I don't drink because I like to eat chocolate. It's not not a <laughs> it's not, it's a a calorie decision, not in any kind of moral. You know, I have no prohibition against it, although I do think a lot of our friends drink too much. Maybe they <laughs> don't do cannabis enough. I don't know. Maybe that'll be a conversation for another day. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I knew exactly what I was trying to achieve personally, and they were very good about it. And they these mints take about 20 to 30 minutes to kick in, and they are not yep. kidding like thirty minutes, it's like you know. Okay, it's kicked in now, and I think I've only taken two, once or twice. There was a day recently where everything was irritating me. It was like every nerve was getting rubbed raw. I don't know what was going on. The dog. Turn was off the television. <laughs> no, I wasn't even watching TV. I don't know. It was just life, you know, pandemic and yeah.
1: like oh, the same wall. A lot of Americans can relate to that these days.
0: Yeah. So I finally, at the end of the day, I was like, you know, I still just wanted to like punch people, which is completely not my personality. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I have those mints. So I went, got them out of my purse, and took two, and ah. Uh, <laughs> Everything stopped irritating me and I slept really, really good. And then I was mad that I didn't th- remember to do that earlier in the day because really I've never experienced that before. I've never experienced that since, thankfully. But now if I do, I know exactly what to do. And now the mints are not in my purse or in the bathroom because I don't need them, obviously, for my mom because she's gone. But one last, a very important question. And I hope people have gotten all the way to the end of this because I think I might have to tag this onto the front and I hope you know the answer to this one the reason I tried to get my mom off of her pharmaceuticals was two twofold one was because I don't think they were doing any good but I didn't want to introduce CBD or anything with THC in it on top of pharmaceuticals for fear of really weird interaction and I'm getting the impression and I don't know why that that is not necessarily something to worry about. Am I wrong?
1: Well, first off, it would it depends. Uh, the
0: that's the answer uh, to everything in my life.
1: <laughs> it's the answer to everything in my life except underwear. But
0: <laughs> that's a good joke.
1: So far, so good. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, the uh, that there is a, pros- a possibility of interactions. Uh, particularly uh, with THC more than CBD but uh, again the key thing there is start with a, a small dose of uh, the CBD and the, the uh, and you know if there are no problems and, and, and uh, but no obvious benefits you know increase the dose of, you know, a, you know, a little bit every day and then uh, if you if you if there, if it doesn't work or if there are problems, then stop. But there's really the the problem. One of the things that we have really have a problem is that, particularly, uh, people with Alzheimer's or you know people of my generation generally, is that ninety uh, percent of the people my age are on a prescription drug, at least one, and the and how these drugs interact is something that we don't know anywhere near enough about and every time you add another one then you add more variables then and then and so particularly you know you get up three four five and you know how is cbd going to interact with a combination of a b and c and uh nobody knows and that's, that's you know that's a problem with or without uh, cannabinoids that really is a thing to see, but again, you know, start do it easy. Just start with small doses and and increase, and see what happens. Because it, you know, it's it's not going to kill you.
0: Well, that's a good. That's probably a good place to stop.
1: <laughs> not being dead is a good place to start.
0: Yeah, that is very true. You know, uh, as many of my listeners know, my paternal grandmother is 102. Her mind is still really good. She does repeat one story fairly regularly, but not, she repeats it every time I visit her. I don't see her. She's mostly blind. But she doesn't repeat it three times while I'm there, thank God.
1: (laughs) Well, I probably repeated two stories while we were talking today. Which is
0: normal. You know, I just, there was a story my mom repeated all the time and I got really, really good at disrupting the narrative and if I couldn't disrupt her and get her onto a different topic, then I could, I could pivot talking. She, she would always tell me about how, when she was pregnant with her first, which was me, that my paternal grandmother said, Oh, well now you'll be getting rid of the dogs. Right? Well, that's my <laughs> mom off so bad. Okay. I'll be 54 in November of this year, 2020. My mom had advanced Alzheimer's and that story kept coming out. And unfortunately sometimes it came out when my paternal grandmother was around. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about uncomfortable moments. So I, if I could not knock her off of that track, out of that groove then I could sometimes pivot and start asking her questions about her dogs, any dogs, my dogs and, and move it along. But so, yeah, thankfully You have not done that to me. My grandmother does not do that to me.
1: Well, by the way, I will leave this with you in parting. CBD is good for dogs. That's true. I
0: probably should try it with my old guy. He has nerve arthritis, and he is on some. He gets a shot twice a month. He's on. um, He is on the same drug that some people take, and I'm not going to be able to remember the name. Um, But it's for nerve arthritis. But
1: Ultra. He'll love the CBD.
0: Okay, you hear that, Jinx? <laughs> He's always close by, so I will definitely check into that for him because he pants a lot. He-
1: well, if you just put the CBD drop there, there are actually some places actually sell CBD for for pets. Uh, but you, on the other hand, you know you can just get a, a dropper bottle and put uh, CBD on their kibble and bits and uh, uh, that that it really does help so.
0: i would definitely try it because he's getting to the point he's almost 13 which is very old for a golden and if he's not sleeping and he's not fully medicated so right before right after he's gotten his gabapentin is one of the drugs um he just pants and he pants a lot and he likes to pant really close to me and, he, <laughs> and if you listen really really maybe if you turn your turn this podcast up really loud I don't know I can't tell you all of them today's is probably one but you hear heavy breathing in the background (laughs) and it's just the dog I'm not doing anything weird
1: (laughs) how disillusioning
0: (laughs) one of these days I'm gonna have to put him on camera because there was one day I actually had to I was editing a podcast and I was like, "All I hear is dog panting." It's driving me bananas. So I was about to move him out of the room, and when I stopped the recording, took the earbuds out. I'm like, "Oh crap! It's not the actual dog; it's the recorded dog." <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's a little background on
1: podcast life. Well, I
0: appreciate yeah, this. This has been fascinating.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, we all. Dogs got to stick together, so give them some CBD. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just giving me to go here. to the
0: the uh, cocoa farms, is what it's called here. Well, not here in my town, but in the next town over. So, have fun. Alrighty, you have a Enjoyed good time it. in uh, Texas, and don't uh, blow away or no, don't come back to California until we stop having fires.
1: <laughs> oh God, yeah, it's amazing. Y'all have a good day now. Y'all come back
0: now. Thank you. (laughs) Thank
1: you, dear.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation enough to share with friends and family. And while you're at it, could you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and possibly a review? Even if you've done this in the past, this helps new caregivers find this podcast. And we're still growing, so we really appreciate the assistance. While you're on the computer pop on over to my website. It's about as done as it will ever be. I believe it will always be a work in progress. There are articles, recipes, all kinds of fantastic information. While you're there, make sure to sign up for the newsletter. That way you'll never miss anything interesting. And with our busy lives, I know that's really easy to do. And as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday.